Why does Tess Daily get work when other people exist? Answer me this, answer me this. Can you please stop me tweeting when I am pissed? Answer me this, answer me this. That's right, it's always good to start with a joke. Oh, I thought we were doing the all noise effect answer me this episode. That would, you know, we're looking for a high concept. We we did think once we'd do a musical episode. I still want to do that. Maybe that would be our last ever episode. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Last ever episode. That's the way we see our listeners. But anyway, it is always good to start with a joke, and here is a joke. Okay. It's from Archie who says, I heard a joke the other day and didn't find it at all funny, but everyone else did. Uh, at this point, I'd usually ask you if you're watching Justin Lee Collins. Yay! But he's had a rough few weeks, so I won't. Uh, so, Helen, <laughs> answer me this. Why is this joke funny? Mm. Ready? Two nuns are in the bath. It's funny so far. Mm. That's a good start. It's a good start. Yeah. Strong. One says to the other, where's the soap? The other says, yes, it does rather, doesn't it? Helen, answer me this. Why is this funny? I can't answer that. Why is it funny? Where's the soap? I think it's a pun on where's as in W-H-E-R-E apostrophe S and where's as in where's down the soap. That is tenuous. Yeah. Well, she's wearing it down because she's shoved Doing it up herself. Relentless funny scrubbing. Have you not heard this yeah. joke? No. This is a really old it's wanking a play joke. joke. This is a classic wanking joke. It's a crap joke, though. If she's wanking... I mean, I know she's a nun, so she's barely going to talk about it at all, yeah. especially in front of other nuns. I yeah. don't know what goes on in convents. Nonetheless. Nonetheless. If it's... <laughs> hey, oh, it is good to start with a joke. <laughs> Nonetheless. Uh, if it's self-pleasure, why do that when you've got someone else in the bath with you? Why not pleasure each other with your toes? Because then you'd have no one to say the funny line to. Oh, I see. Yes, of course, because yeah. that's the main point about masturbation, isn't it? To come up with a funny line afterwards. Yeah, I've always thought so. But also, in this context, one of the nuns might be genuinely thinking, oh, I've, I can't find the soap and the other nun might have misinterpreted and thought oh you know I sometimes when I'm alone in the bath masturbate um, maybe oh, yes. this, this nun is masturbating now and I haven't noticed but because she, she's a very subtle masturbator oh, of course it is. it's a classic misunderstanding isn't it I wonder whether nunneries really go in for baths or whether they're going for a less indulgent form of washing yes absolutely what if the nuns have got liquid soap yeah. then this joke really doesn't work it absolutely doesn't here's a question from Johnny who says my wife insists insists on buying a certain brand of washing detergent gel because of the smell but she his wife buys a different brand fabric softener which has a different fragrance Mm. what is she playing at (laughs) divorce her (laughs) Uh, i once bought an alternative brand detergent and got into a whole heap of trouble were you doing that to spice up the marriage like tonight (laughs) do i thought we'd try something different meadow fresh Uh, I've tried to convince her, says Johnny, that it does not make any difference how the detergent smells. It's not about that. Because the softener will give our garments their final fragrance. <laughs> and as long as that is the smell she likes, it's irrelevant. I can't believe we've talked about fabric softener twice on this podcast this year. <laughs> That's too, too many times. Uh, so, Helen, answer me this. Does it make any difference which fragrance detergent you choose <laughs> if you were using an alternatively fragrant softener? Mm-hmm. If not... Why do they have different fragrances for washing detergent when the smell will be masked by the softener, thus negating the need for a fragrance detergent? Because not everyone uses softener. Indeed. Some people like their clothes rough. Some people, as we've said before, don't want softener on their towels because it inhibits absorption. Uh, Three words, first world problem. Four words, don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look... uh, you, you can, you can. Oh God! You are, you're right. You're right that you could start with a sort of blander 
Uh, initial detergent, if you're going to use a softener with a fragrance that you like, and you're right, that the, 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 the vice versa also applies. If you've got a nice smelling... Uh, fragrant uh, mm. detergent then you, you don't need a softener with a with a smell to it at all that that's that's all common sense the, the point johnny is that not everyone's like you some people are using one or the other yeah and also johnny two points one choose your battles if you're gonna argue <laughs> with your wife make it count yeah let it be that she'll allow you to uh, sleep over at your friend's house two nights a week <laughs> not, not this yeah uh second point maybe she likes the particular combination made by the uh Two fragrances being commingled. Yes, that's possible, isn't it? We shouldn't rule it out. Maybe she likes Ocean Waves and Freesia, but no one company makes the combination of fragrances she enjoys so much. Yeah. I think you've particularly got to worry when you see her perforating one of the uh, little gel sachets and rubbing it on her neck and wrists. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Luke from Tunbridge Wells. I'm Nadine from Somerset. Hello, Nolly Archer is this. Would Martin like to play at our wedding next October? Oh, Martin, a rare treat, a job offer, that a whole, gig for the band. Well, wait, Martin. Bear in mind, we can represent you in this conversation, so don't say anything you regret later. Don't put all your cards on the table. We're taking yeah. 15%, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> don't go for a straight yes or no, perhaps. Think about it. But, you know, suggest which way you might swing, but leave it open to interpretation that money could be exchanged. It's also influenced by length of set, distance to wedding, yeah, exactly, yeah. decency of What other snacks. work have you sacrificed, Martin, when you when you came to go to this wedding, when you could be doing other things? I'm very I'm very grateful for your, this opportunity That's to represent That's a great first me. answer, yes, good. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm a serious recording artist. The yep. saying of the ladies are not available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. However, well, you say that, but you have performed at several weddings before. I have made exceptions. You, you did magic dance from Labyrinth at oh weddings. Oh, my God. It's almost yeah. worse to be getting married to. I can have Martin do that. I'm a, I'm a serious folky. Uh, <laughs> and I remember at one wedding of Mary and Alistair, who listened to this podcast, uh, Mary had really sweetly requested that Martin play a particular song for Alistair when he came into the reception from the photos. Was this the Jose Gonzalez one that Martin was practising for ages? Yeah, it's not a, a straightforward song. No, it's a lot it's of finger quite, quite a challenge. I think I did a passable job at it. So he was supposed to be entertaining the people inside the marquee whilst the photos were happening outside. But then when Alistair was coming in, he was supposed to strike into this song as a lovely surprise. Mm-hmm. And so about four times people were like, he's coming in now, he's coming in. Oh, Martin play it. Yeah. I'm not sure whether Alistair ever got to hear that song. A similar thing happened actually at um, my friend Jalyn's wedding. I was the best man. Yeah. And I'd been, I don't know why they did this. But they were like, we don't want to have a first wedding dance be officially announced because that's cheesy, right? That was yeah. their decision. It they can be embarrassing. Can be don't a bit like being, everyone's and staring at you. Exactly. And they, they didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Because mm. it's only their wedding day. I mean, no biggie. <laughs> but they had actually gone to dancing lessons and choreographed a dance. Oh, oh. this this just a trifle. We dance like this all the time. <laughs> what they thought would be fun is that the DJ would play a particular song, which would be the trigger song for them, because they were kind of at this point in the meal going around and schmoozing with people on different tables. Yeah. When the DJ plays this particular particular trigger song that means they should drift over during the song to the dance floor mm. so that then when they just happen to be near the dance floor the next song would start and then they'd start dancing is anyone going to notice well this is what i was worried about helen and i was like well that's fine but you know i should probably make some kind of announcement otherwise people carry on talking so they were like yeah good idea we'll start dancing and then after the first, when it gets the chorus or whatever you say ladies and gentlemen join the bride and groom or whatever yeah. so i was like fine so anyway the whole way through dinner, I'm like shaking myself, waiting for this song to come yeah, on. Yeah. Like, I can't relax because I don't know when the song's going to be. And the DJ was like, he really couldn't handle it. Like, he kept coming up to me going, right, three songs are going to play the song. Yeah, two songs are going to play the song. Okay, fine, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to eat. So much pressure. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he played the song and of course they just completely ignored it because they were like talking to everyone oh, around so the room. they were oblivious to they the trigger. They had oblivious to the idea the trigger song had what, been on. What was the trigger song? It was, it was something classic like Anella Fitzgerald or something. Because maybe every time they hear that song now, they'll be like, 
I'm sure we've got to be somewhere. Yeah, that makes <laughs> a hypnotic reaction. They'll run to the front of the cafe and just start driving. <laughs> if you got a question, got a question, question email your question, email your question to, answer to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com It's great, it's great. question from georgia from derbyshire who is 15 and yet her question is this ollie answer me this <laughs> what is the oldest bottle of wine in the world who, huh. who does it belong to and can you buy it well she can't until she's 18 that's right yes <laughs> uh, and she can't anyway unless she's a billionaire oh because uh, it belongs to the Pfalz historical museum if you're, if you're from Pfalz, i'm sorry if i'm saying it wrong it's in germany so maybe it's Pfalz. anyway mm-hmm. it's it's there uh, it's a 1,650-year-old bottle. So it's from the Roman era. Isn't it just going to be a tiny bit of dreg in the bottom now? It looks rank. Uh, it was buried with a Roman nobleman mm, in delicious. 350 AD. Oh, why didn't you have the sandwich that was buried with it? <laughs> Sealed with wax. Yep. Uh, and it contains what's described as a white liquid. Um, uh-huh. So they reckon it's white wine. <laughs> They're which... hoping, aren't they? That it's, not his, <laughs> that it's not his seed. That would be a good film, wouldn't it? They dig up the Roman's tomb, mm. and there's a bottle of his semen that is miraculously preserved, and mm. then all these, you know, little centurions. And then are you get Roman descendants, yeah. Yeah, but in the 21st century, like Jurassic like... Park, but with Romans or California man. Uh, you know, obviously there may be others out there, but that, that's probably the oldest. But there surely is a time after which uh, a valuable, it's not drinkable, old wine has passed its peak, and yes, therefore exactly. its value plummets. Well, this is the thing so that's valuable because of its age not because of anything like its taste or quality valuable like a shard of pottery of the same period exactly yeah so so if we were to take the question in the spirit of which it's intended spirit and a nice i think she means what's the oldest nice bottle of wine in the world still potable the most expensive yeah went for one hundred and nine thousand pounds jesus last year in the recession and that is only from 2004 it's an australian cabernet sauvignon uh, which is from the Penfolds 2004 Block 42. It's a descendant of the oldest continuously producing Cabernet Sauvignon vine ever. Wow. So it was, it, it was it exported to Australia uh, from France, mm. and it's still there now, and it still produces a tiny amount of wine every year. But the point is, since the most valuable is only from 2004, if it's any older than, like, 1950, it's probably not worth very much because then it starts going rank. Oh, I disagree there. I bet there are bottles of some wine, probably quite strong wine or maybe brandy from the 1800s. Brand- is a bit different I've had a wine that's about 80 years old and it was horrible it'd gone off and the thing is it's a a shame because people buy it for people for their birthdays or investment yeah but when people do that thing of Mm. like oh granny you're 100 here's a bottle of champagne that was created on the day you were born maybe that will kill you off it will probably kill you off because it's going to be disgusting yeah that's never happened to me though no no one's ever given me a 22nd of April 1980 vintage hey now i know what to not get you for your birthday <laughs> hey i've got this can of v8 that's way past its date. <laughs> uh, we've got another question about alcohol sort of great uh, it's from sophie and eric from tallahassee uh, who say helen answer me this why is a wet bar called a wet bar is it like a wet nurse is it for breastfeeders <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah that... they don't serve through optics it's all through the nips <laughs> is that one where you swim up to it 
Oh gosh, you've been to a swim up bar recently, I haven't have, you? Have on holiday, yeah. And I remember before summer. you went, you said, "I'm not. I don't think I'm going to be very keen on a swim up bar." Did you enjoy it? What I was concerned about is exposing my moobs and getting cold <laughs> could, at the same time as drinking. Can you prop them on the bar? Well, actually, it was fine because everyone else there was uglier than me. <laughs> because we went out of season, so we yeah. were the youngest people in the hotel by about yes, twenty years. Nailed it. So I didn't feel at all embarrassed. Like there were people around me that they had testicles down by their ankles. I wasn't bothered at all. A swingers' holiday of a different sort. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, swim up bars are all awesome loved it did you yeah except um but they serve nuts as kind of like you know complimentary yeah. but if you've got bar snack. damp pool fingers yes mm. and dropping nuts all over the swimming pool which is very nice and there's already 20 types of urine in the nuts and in the pool yeah so it's double piss <laughs> and i just you know after every drink it's a bit weird to then dive down to the bottom and pick up your nuts that you've dropped as it were yeah just felt wrong uh anyway a wet bar is a, a bar you know how people have them in houses or maybe hotel rooms and, oh yeah and a wet bar is one that has running water and a sink and a dry bar is essentially just a glorified booze cupboard oh uh, okay so there's so some- all home bars basically are dry bars unless you're hugh hefner or something yeah and i suppose there's a bit of a premium on the sink because it means that you can have a flunky washing out your glasses as yes. fast as you can drink uh, what happens if you've got proper like ales plumbed in is that still a dry bar that's not running water, Martin. That is beer. That's running beer. <laughs> what about if you've got blood drips there? Does that count? <laughs> what about if I cry? <laughs> I mean, does the sink have to be integral to the design or can it just be next to it? I'd imagine it has to be within the geography of the bar. Yeah. Otherwise, the geography, It's yes. a dry bar that's in your downstairs toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see the issue. Yeah. What's your favourite question from our first three years that's really made you go for? Tim Curry, Autumn Rice. Disposing of dead mice. Dave from Smethwick on kosher law. If you like fact or body talk. Or just a soundtrack for your walk. We've got stuff to entertain you. Because for 79 pence each you can buy our first three years episodes. Or just the good ones, who could blame you? Go to answermethispodcast.com slash classic or iTunes. And if you don't, you'll get a visit in the night from our band of Tired goons, whack, whack, whack to what they say, if you value your knees. Time to take a question off our phone line, the number for which is... 0208123 You can Skype answer me this as well, if you want to call in from abroad and not pay vicious overseas call fees. <laughs> Let's see who's on that number today. Hello, this is Robin, who is currently in bed on her day off. Helen, Ollie and Martin the Soundman answer me this. At the end of flamenco dancing, why do the dancers say ole? I ask this because I was in Spain over the summer holidays and I asked lots of Spanish people this, but they didn't actually know. But it obviously seemed to be quite an important part of the flamenco dance, as I said, it's an awful lot. Like many aspects of flamenco, the uh, ole is hard to explain in a concrete way because it's kind of a primal exclamation of joy and Mm. celebration of the music and communication with the musicians and with the audience but it seemed to be a really very instinctual art form obviously a lot of technique involved as well in the dancing and the musicianship but a lot of it is just really about the feeling inside yeah okay fine well that's that's one explanation the other thing is isn't it just like the traditional Spanish way of going that's all folks it's finished it's that isn't it I was wondering whether it meant something like the end but apparently it might be derived from the word Allah 
because it was like a call to God about this incredible worshipful yeah, thing. Yeah, because there was doing. a big influence of uh, sort of Moorish culture in on Spain, wasn't it? Because it was. <laughs> You're trying to say Moorish, but it sounded more like Moorish. So yeah, Frank Muir is a massive influence <laughs> on <Flamenco. laughs> uh, Here's a question from Ricky, who says, "Helen, answer me this: Where does the word Roger, as in the affirmative when speaking to someone on a radio, come from?" I mean, what's wrong with saying okay or I've got it? Well, it can sound a bit tetchy. It's like, I've got it, okay. It's also that it's a, it's a word that you don't say in any other circumstance unless, unfortunately, you are talking to someone called Roger. But if, <laughs> if you're not, then it's, it's, it's clearer than saying yes because if you say yes, you know, what if there's a lag in the radio and you're saying yes to the previous command? And it's a bit hissy. And yeah. also it's because Roger is from that alphabet, you know, the Sierra Echo whiskey thing. In that alphabet, Roger means R and yeah. that stands for received. So it's like uh, message received. Imagine if they spell out all of received using that alphabet. Roger, Roger Echo, Echo, Charlie, Charlie. Indigo. No, I've got Echo. it! I've yeah, got yeah, it right. yeah. uh, And then Wilco, which is the traditional riposte, is a kind of contraction of the words will comply. So it's, wow. not, so it's not going, yeah, I've heard this out country band I think you should check out, Wilco. <laughs> you know the other use of the word Roger as well. Sex Roger. Yeah, the sex Roger. So do you suppose that that derives from the Roger meaning received? And their partner is the recipient. Or do you think it's because the name Roger used to mean spear? No, it probably goes from received. I think that's nice. Even if that's not the real uh, origin, I think it's nice. We've got an email now from Colin from Coventry. Oh, that's like a children's series, isn't it? Colin from Coventry. Even more so, Helen, because he's a postman. Yeah! um, Which seems perfect for children's character. And Pat's had the monopoly for a long time. It's time he got shoved out of the way. Well, especially with the way things are going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a postman and I find myself walking into a lot of spider webs. I'd imagine that is one of the hazards of being a postman. That is an occupational hazard I have never considered before. No, I never thought about it. No, but when you think about it, you you, you think, oh, they get bad backs, postmen, because they're carrying bags all day actually and they get bitten mm. by dogs maybe yeah sure but mm. all those are cliches really aren't they and probably things that postmen deal with in the first few months of working whereas the spider's web thing that's gonna yeah, probably once a week ah there's a spider web in my face and it's damp it's like a ghost hand clutching at my face um, <laughs> uh, he says I figure this is because the spiders have been up all night making their webs well it only takes them an hour but they do make them in the evenings mm-hmm. uh, and that as I'm up early I encounter them first they've been waiting for you Colin they're like I'm gonna get him and I'm gonna eat his head um, so hello and answer me this do spiders get pissed off when i destroy their long labored traps uh, they're probably a bit hacked off that you're not a fly or something that they can eat but the average spider an orb spider which is the one you're most likely to encounter on your forays to people's letterboxes they or, or as, as you as you might call it your post run yeah, your <laughs> i'm job. just off on a foray to deliver some Sorry. special delivery packages yeah, your job your career um they use their webs generally for a day and then they build a new one right, because fine. it doesn't say sticky long enough. So actually, they're designed to do this. Sometimes they uh, repair it if the web's still good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they patch it up a bit. And oftentimes, the spiders eat the web uh, after they've finished with it because it's useful protein. So in a way, you're mashing it up for them, Colin. Which is very considerate. It's like you're working in an old people's home and pureeing the food. Hugo, Hugo, come here, good boy. Okay, sit, sit. Good boy. All right, roll over. Roll over. Good boy. All right, answer me this. Answer me this. Come on, Hugo. Answer me this. No, not beg. Answer me this. I'm sorry, Sue, but this isn't working for me. Can we go back to doing the sexy schoolgirl roleplay instead? Here is a question from Jack in Nottingham who says, Ollie, answer me this. Why do passwords expire? 
I get that they're supposed to be more secure. Good. If they get changed every 90 days, then the maximum time of cyber terrorists can use your login for is a meager 89 days. But my council is full of older workers who just put their current password on a post-it note on their screen. Oh, that'll trick. Ah. This somewhat <laughs> negates the intended security benefit. No, it and, doesn't. And Thank you. It doesn't, does it, Martin? This man's an idiot. The it's point of changing a password. Exactly. The, change of, the point of changing a password isn't to protect it from people who can walk past the post-it on the desk. It's people that are based in completely different countries with computers that well, can work also, this sort of thing 90, out. 90 days is not so that they have 89 days to commit fraud. It's so it, they only have 90 days to crack the password. Well, if you have it indefinitely, they can crack it. Well, are you going to let Jack have his rant? <laughs> oh, sorry. My bank doesn't ask me to change my password regularly. So why, oh why, am I expected to remember a password from the following logons? Xbox Live, Amazon, 12 applications and email addresses across two jobs. Okay, I think we know how this Personal email goes. Emails, Skip iPlayer, to the end. Social media, Skip so, to the end. utility, dating, like phone, my ass, right. iTunes. Lots of passwords, iTunes yes. asked me five security questions, <laughs> all of which must be different and are easily known by flatmates, girlfriends and pretty much anyone yes. I know. Okay, well but you're just being anti-password, aren't you? You well, have to you, have a system. Would you rather it's all free and easy, Jack? I mean, Jack does kind of have a, a small point, mm. uh, which is that the systems that rely on resetting passwords regularly, yeah. by their very nature, you're more likely to forget them because you reset it every whatever it is. They also tend to be the systems that have the more simplified password prompts. Mm. So they're the ones that a, a hacker could click, oh, I forgot my password, and it'll ask you a really straightforward thing. What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how they got Sarah Palin. Is it? Someone hacked into Sarah Palin's email address, and then they said, I forgot I forgot my password, and I'm whatever it was, sarahpalin.hotmail.com. And the question was, what school did you attend? And it's like, well, they knew what town she was from in Alaska, so they know what school she's attending. Yeah, and also Facebook must open up a lot of these things as well. Oh, mother's maiden name. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. Probably even first pet, because you get all these people going, my blues name is my first pet, plus this adjective that means an extreme weather. Whereas if you never change your password yeah. you've always had the same one for 20 years actually you, you don't need to write it down anyway you don't need yeah, to be prompted exactly. in a way it is safer the thing is you've got a very good tip which you told me which I thought was very clever it probably wasn't mine I probably nicked it from you someone else because <laughs> I hacked into their computer and looked in their file marked tips you said that for example one thing you can do is your password for the Sainsbury's website yeah. save it on your phone as John Sainsbury yeah, that th- kind of thing this yeah. is my mother's technique you know for things that you need to remember like um your bank account number yeah if it's a six digit number say save it with half of a familiar phone number so you look at it and you're like okay that's the second half of my phone number so the other part is the useful bit in my file of facts yes i still have a file of facts really do i choose memorable birthdays of my family to write different passwords down so i know that if i need to get into my bank account it's dad's birthday but jack's not going to like that because i think he wants the abolition of the whole password system yeah but what does he want retina scanning exactly he wants the future Whereas that's not ready yet, is it? Otherwise we'd be in it. And what if someone steals your fingerprints? Because there's these things like Passport Wallet, you know, where mm. they, they, a computer program learns all your passwords for you so that you don't even know what they are. And when you go onto a website, it puts it in for you. Why would you trust Password Wallet? You're just giving a third party all of your passwords, That third aren't you? party could be evil. Yeah, I think so. Well, here is another question of computation from Daniel from Liverpool, who says, Ollie, answer me this. Windows computers use the drive C for the operating system. Mm. So what were drives A and B for? Hey, it's a proper nerd's question. (laughs) Business in the front, party in the back, isn't it, in the Windows operating system? Um, They were, believe it or not, they were for floppy disks. Ah! 
<laughs> I remember A being a floppy disk drive. And Tell us all about it, Grandad. <laughs> yeah, we, okay, in that case, your computer didn't have, wasn't big enough to have a B floppy ah, disk drive. your computer had a small vagina. So it had an why, A and a C. Why would you want to have two floppy disk drives? Because if you were running a really powerful computer where you switch between floppy disks to wow. back up information. I can't imagine that. <laughs> so if you need to back up, you could switch yep. between disk drives. So that's why you had A and B on the more powerful machines. Wow. Yeah. You know, just allowing for the incredible awesome power of two floppy disk drives. Tyler from Cambridge. Tell them the answer me this. I'm in Heathrow Airport waiting to go to Sweden and all I can see around me is so many places selling baggage. Surely in the departures lounge of an airport this isn't the right place to sell baggage and you've never typically got some and it's stuffed in the hole of a plane. Why on earth do they sell baggage in places like this? Isn't it more appropriate to do this in a shopping centre? It's not the least appropriate place to buy baggage is it? it's not particularly an appropriate space to sell aftershave but they're big on that yeah it's targeting the market they know that everyone who's in an airport has probably bought a bag so you, you, you're looking at the bag audience there you might want a bag to put in all your new aftershaves yes how do you how do you ship baggage then like if you buy a big suitcase on these shops mm. a lot of airports will allow you to ship the luggage home thus negating the discount you got from buying it in yeah, an airport yeah. departure lounge i mean the point is that you've got to do something in that two hours and you're you're gonna buy whatever's in front of you basically yeah. We bought a kettle last time when we were wow. travelling to Rhodes. What's the matter with you? Well, because I've got it really into tea since I gave up coffee. You have. Well done. And I was like, okay, I'm actually going to be a bit upset if we go all the way to Rhodes and there isn't a kettle. Because sometimes there isn't. There's Most no kettle of the in time, the room. I'd say. And actually, it was kind of because this was a nice hotel. Yeah. You know that weird paradox of like three star hotels and motels always have kettles, but actually, like four and five star hotels, because you can order one on room service, sometimes don't let you make your own tea. They're embarrassed to be seen with a kettle. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like 15 euros every time you want a cup of tea. And yet, weirdly, hotels in Las Vegas have an entire kitchenette and that doesn't look classy that's like being in a bed sit <laughs> anyway um, we thought right well we'll ring our own travel kettle now's the time to buy a travel kettle like the luggage I'm in my we 30s are now comfortably yes. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that could own a travel kettle yeah. maybe next time I'll get a trouser press I'll tell you what you have to shop around though uh, because uh, well you've got two hours to waste well yes but the same kettle has uh, a £4 price differential Oof. between Boots, Dixons and the Duty Free scandal hold on you oh, haven't heard oh. the incredible punchline what happened we bought one wow that's there's amazing more. that's there's a more. brilliant oh sorry wait there's more when we got to Rhodes yeah there was already a kettle in the hotel room. Oh, you yeah. told me there was more, but I, I should have been holding on to my chair a bit more this firmly. This like one of my dad's stories. <laughs> then what happened? No, we had a nice baguette. People always ask one what one does for fun. Well, one enjoys watching Gok One and a fish called Wanda. One is also partial to One Direction and The Wanted and the short-lived Billy Corgan Bands One. The answer me this jubilee, one hour of Her Majesty's Pleasure, available now on iTunes. It's time for a question now about insults from Brad in Philadelphia. He says, my wife is a university professor. That's right. She's got tenure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And part of her job is writing letters of recommendation for students. Oh, that must be really boring. Part of my job as husband is proofreading these letters. Is it? Was that in your wedding vows? The most recent letter was for one of my wife's all-time favourite students who is applying to a programme in England. My wife decided to inject a little colour at the end of her extremely effusive letter by writing, as the Brits would say, she is the bollocks. All I could think about when I read this was... Why is my wife calling this amazing student a testicle? She's calling the student more than one testicle. 
Yeah. A pair of testicles, a scrotum, it's... a full sack. <laughs> My wife insisted that the phrase meant one of a kind or very special. I think that's right, isn't it? Basically. Well, very special, yes, or, or superlative. Not really one of a kind because testicles are very common amongst uh, men. Mm-hmm. There's probably about seven billion testicles in the world. But in the end, I, proofreader husband, convinced her to remove it. Saboteur. Uh, however, when she asked me for an alternative, I was stuck. The best I could come up with was different class. That's not necessarily a good thing, is it? Could mean that she was in remedial or something. <laughs> so, Helen, can you, A, confirm that she's the bollocks is not a compliment? I can't confirm that no. because it is a compliment. It is. It's all about context, of course. Yeah. You much more often say the dog's bollocks. Yes, which we covered in episode 93, so we won't revise here. <laughs> and B, provide an alternative. Yeah, all right. Um, B's knees... Oh uh, yeah, that's that's mm. not bad, but because, that's that's a bit too sweet. No, but that's very English, which is what the wife is going for, misguided because I think she's gone a bit too slangy given the context. I, I think the equivalent of this is if we wrote to an American university, we put the bottom of a, a letter of recommendation about one of our students and said they were the shit. They were yeah, they kick ass. The important thing to remember when calling someone the bollocks or the shit is the. If you take away the, yeah. the whole gloss of it changes to something quite negative. Yes. Other synonyms, uh, top-notch. It's not as good as she's the bollocks, come on. Smashing. That's better, Tip yes. Tip-top, very English. Top drawer. Top drawer. Much nuts. Now, well, that's, that's the same, Martin. No, 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 well, yeah, but, yeah, but there's, there's absolutely no confusion there as you make a clear reference to the saying rather than accidentally putting she's bollocks at the end. <laughs> Although she's nuts would be just as bad, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Why don't you use a delightful American colloquialism yes. like that? Say she's the shiznut. <laughs> Must be some very colourful uh, expressions from Philly, surely. She's the cheese on the steak. Mm. That's probably what they say in Philadelphia. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a brilliant approximation of exactly but, what they say. But being called cheese is not necessarily a compliment. <laughs> che- cheese the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have a suggestion for what Brad's high-flying wife can call her students to make them sound not only incredible but also delightfully British. Yeah, and you don't mind upstaging Helen on her own podcast despite the fact that we've provided many examples you think you can do better. Yeah, then, yeah. Um, Good luck with that. <laughs> then yeah. please, no, we'd like to know. Yes, do, do we're, send we're us very those. interested in you trying to upstage me, aren't we, Ollie? Isn't that what you've wanted all along? <laughs> do send us your suggestions. All the details of how you can do that are listed on our website. Answermethispodcast.com The details of how you can send us rude things are also how you can send us questions and we thrive on those so please send some through yeah if you want more podcasts you send more questions and we're all happy that's the deal except for people who don't like this podcast but i don't know why they're listening particularly at this late stage (laughs) and there's another forthcoming deal which is martin's got an album out yeah yeah new sound of the ladies which is my band's album uh and you can pre-order that at thesoundoftheladies.com what's it called martin oh it's called the city of golden lead why is it called that martin uh it's a reference to the john christopher novel why uh it's about inequality in the modern city so luke from tunbridge wells and nadine from somerset Maybe you could just pop on Martin's uh, newest long player at your wedding instead (laughs) and everyone could stand around gazing at their shoes. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. Ollie! Ollie!